Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Geekish Cast for June 15th, 2017. I'm your host, Jeremy, and joining me now is Jedi Knight, friend of Captain Solo, Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? What's going on, Jeremy? Did a bird just, like, fly into somebody's room and shit on somebody? What just happened there? No, that's my dog. I'm Joe on Joe. That's my dog, Shirley Feeney. Uh, Shirley Feeney, that is an awesome name for a dog. Joe, I've never asked you before. What kind of dog do you have? Well, I have two dogs. Uh, one is uh, Shirley Feeney. She's a uh, Jack Russell, and we think uh, the, the yippy part, we think is part Chihuahua. I'll, I'll fix it. that in one second. She's, we've had her for about two years. Shirley, silent. And the other dog is Mary Jane Watson, who is a delight, and she is silent and stealthy and amazing. She's about eight years old. She's a Jack Russell beagle. Oh, okay. See, for some reason, I'd figure she'd be like an Irish um uh, what do they call those Irish retrievers? What are, the, what are the big red pretty dogs? Yeah, well, she's got Irish. Um, yeah, that's what Irish, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's anyhow. got red. She's white with like red spots on her. It was either yeah. when we got MJ, it was either going to be Mary Jane Watson or or Martha Kent. And then after BVS came out, I was so glad we didn't go with Martha Kent. <laughs> How do you know that name? <laughs> oh God. That would have been awesome. So that was Joe Slepsky of Joe on Joe, the G.I. Joe bot, uh, podcast. And uh, Joe has just got, gotten back from E3. So, Joe, let's start with you this week. What was happening at E3? Uh, absolutely nothing. E3 is... <laughs> uh, E3 is, uh, is just... It's garbage. And I and I and I say that and I say that uh, as someone who has been to more comic book conventions than I can count, uh, I, the people that run E three, I don't know what I don't know what needs to fix. It's way too many people, and there's not enough for those people to do. So it is literally standing in line for ten minutes, standing in line for hours and hours on end for ten minutes of a game that the game itself is usually a sequel. So it's derivative of a game you've already played. And, and in two months, there'll be a beta out of it anyway. There is absolutely no good reason for a sane person to want to go to E3 unless it's for like work (laughs) meetings, period. That's not that I have an opinion on the subject. No, I didn't think you did to be fair, but um, now if I rem- if I remember correctly, though, back when I owned my video game store in the mid '90s, E3 was a consumer electronics show right. for buy- for buyers of consumer electronics. It wasn't really supposed to be like a comic convention Cor- kind of place. Correct, and that's and I was not in the industry in the video game industry back then, so I I don't have any experience with that. But for my friends who were, that's they say that it, that's what it used to be, and it was nice because they still do 
you still do like go and meet with publishers and, and set up meetings and things like that. But now they're trying to, um, you know, jump in on like the, the, the San Diego Comic-Con territory and they, they just don't understand that there's nothing for these people to do, but stand yeah. there. They're, they're just standing in lines and hoarding around these screens, you know, which it's, it's, it is, it is terrible. <laughs> Do they have like an exhibit hall or anything like that? Like well, like, so there's a, this year there was a, a, like an art gallery exhibit, which they, they spread out to take up as much r- room as humanly possible. But when I walked by it, there wasn't anyone in there, you know, um, there used to be like the, 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 uh, what's that called? The museum of video games would be there and they'd have a bunch of playable demo stuff. I didn't see them there this year because I think they got a permanent location. There's like zero vendors. There's like three people that were actually selling things. They need, they need to turn it into, and not necessarily with comic books, but they really need to look at what comic con and, and how any comic convention, not necessarily comic con, but any comic convention is run and you need a place some kind of artist alley you need some kind of, you need to bring in vendors if they really yeah. want to open it to the public you have to give people uh, a place to go and loiter while other people are playing games because when everyone just wants to stand at the five or six huge uh, you know publishers and wait for the wait for the five or six huge games to play wow do you have a nightmare on your hands yeah Did that, you that play any games really well there? thought out no i didn't play any games I played uh, I played some PC games because no one there. That's the one thing. Find the PC games because no one ever wants to play those. I think I played. I think it was Killing Floor. I wasn't exactly sure of the title. And uh, you know, and oh, and uh, uh, Farming Simulator is always open too. You can always get on Farming Simulator. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't imagine okay. there's much of a line for the Farming Simulator. <laughs> no, there never is. Yeah, it's like a few years ago when that goat stimulator game came out. I was like, who the fuck wants to stimulate a goat? Not stimulate, buddy. Simulate. Oh, you get you pretend to be a goat. You pretend to be a goat right there. I don't remember that game, the simulation game. Oh, that's probably where it all fell apart for me right there. (laughs) Although I would totally play a goat stimulation game. (laughs) I would totally play that. Oh you God! Get on that. You get arrested, but you play the heck out of it. My wife, I, <laughs> my wife and I, my wife and I stopped off real quick for a drink on our way home tonight, and I had already been home and changed clothes. So I put on my Todd and Book of Pure Evil, uh, Crowley High School with a goat's head with an upside down pentagram behind it, and I got to the bar ahead of her, and somebody goes, "Is that where you went to school?" I said, "Yeah, it was the only satanic high school where I grew up." <laughs> Oh, oh man. I love goat jokes. Oh, there was God. a, there was a, um, it was growing up. I, I think that, I think it was a Zare. It was either a Zare or a Venture. And I don't know if you guys remember those. They were like targets before target. One of them closed down by us uh, when we were in high school and the, you know how like high school rumors get started and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. They they had it they had it that that uh, Satanists had moved in. This is in the South Side of Chicago. That Satanists had moved in, and that local cops found buckets of blood and sacrificed animals. And yeah. Oh yeah, that all sounds really reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I can totally buy that. 
the stuff we used to believe is like teenagers and kids just blows me away. Like how gullible we were, you know? Yeah. Oh God. It's, it's like you read those stories about the, uh, the churches who did their anti dungeons and dragon stories and you start yeah. reading like, and they sacrificed a friend of theirs. What was the kid's name? Well, nobody knew the kid's name. And then they flew around the room on brooms after worshiping Satan. Wait, they flew around the room. Yeah, totally. You can do that when you worship Satan. Swear to God. For sure, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Well, well, have you ever seen the Tom, have you ever seen the Tom Hanks movie, Monsters and Monsters and Mazes, or something? Not in twenty five years. I mean, yeah, but yeah. not. But you remember it though, right? Forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. just. It was recently on Amazon Prime for to to watch, and so I I watched it, and it is a complete parents don't let your children play Dungeons and Dragons movie, like with no yeah. redeeming quality. There's no like. On the other hand, Dungeons and Dragons can be fun for the you know inspiration for your mind. No, no, no. It is a hundred percent. Dungeons and Dragons will drive you crazy. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's a weird I, thing to go for. Yeah, it just it blows me away, this stuff that got focused on. I remember um, the house we bought when we first moved into it. I was watching a thing, some stupid thing like the History Channel that night, and it was about satanic murders, and they had this woman that consulted for the FBI. And like they literally like showed her showing how to like recognize like an altar, this, that, and the other. And then the narrator had to say, no actual evidence has ever been found of a satanic murder scene in the United States. And I'm thinking, and yet, <laughs> Yeah, taxpayer money is paying this woman to come out there and act like she's seen one before. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> the stuff we do. Ugh. So we are we are leaving E3 not real impressed with anything except farming stimulation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there, are, there are some games that I'm looking forward to. The Spider-Man looked amazing. Amazing, right? So good. So good. But being excited about the games, yeah, being excited about the games that are coming out is wildly different from being uh, excited about standing in the middle of a mass of humanity, not moving and waiting in lines and just being uncomfortable for three days. That's two totally different things. Yeah. Yeah. What do they think they are? The DMV? Um, so my brother is a big Metroid fan. I guess there's a, the announcement of another Metroid game that hit that a lot of people were yeah. really excited about. Yep. Um, but I do notice, much like movies these days, no new original properties, all sequels and prequels and offshoots and sidesteppings and reinventions mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there is. They're just We're not talking about it. I'm sure there's stuff that came out that was new and original. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, yeah, the big ones, though, it's just that the big ones are all, I mean, I write, so I write, uh, you know, I work for Gamefly, I don't know if we've talked about that a lot, Yeah. Um, uh, and I write some of the write-ups for our emails, and or I write all the write-ups for the emails, and every month, it's just all the sequel to the exciting game, here's the next installment of this franchise, and part eight that you've been waiting for, like, it's just all, it's all sequels. Yeah, because creator, uh, not creators, publishers are notoriously risk averse and only get more so as we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it ain't a franchise, they don't want no part of it. That's that's the long and the short of it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, and speaking of which, Justice League gets a new composer. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised by that. 
Uh, Danny Elfman, but, who has written every superhero <laughs> soundtrack since <laughs> 1989, uh, is now going to be doing Justice League. Um, Paul, did you start off with a butt there? Did I step on you when you said that? Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, but it is Danny Elfman. So, like, when I first heard that there's going to be a new composer, I was like, oh, what the hell? And then I heard it was Danny Elfman, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you got to give him his room to do it. As long as it doesn't sound like a Johnny Depp movie, I'll be okay. Well, it may. Uh, I really, I'm really, 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 really hope, I mean really hope, that Elfman brings back the 89 Batman theme in some way, shape, or form. Like that that would be so exciting. Yeah, just like at one moment Batman does something, you start, like, oh, that would give me chills. They could at least use it as a leap motif without stepping on anything altogether, right? I mean, he had the writer's credit for that music. Warner Brothers owns the film rights to it. So it should, unless there's some little get catch or, you know, get along in there, which there almost always is, that could be possible. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not even as not even, I really I understand not the main theme of it, but just at some point use it. Yeah, just a piece of it, some little yeah. motif from it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be cool with that. I'd be, I'd be up on it or down with it or whatever. <laughs> all over it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Had there been a composer announced for this before, or is this? Yeah, it was the same guy. Um, he's got. Well, he's a. He's got. I mean, they obviously is a real name, but he goes by the name like. DJ something, right? Oh, was uh, he the guy that yeah. did Mad Max Fury Road? No, no, I think that was, I think Fury Road was, um, was Elfman. That uh, was Junkie XL and somebody. Or J- Junkie XL. That did he do Fury Road? Yeah. He okay. Did yeah. Fury that. Road. Then that's who it is. It's Junkie XL. That guy. Yeah. Which, um, so do we know why he stepped aside? Has anybody heard? Is it just new director comes in? Yeah, that's what I'm serious. I don't know why. I don't know if it was like when Whedon jumped in. I'm sure. I'm sure that's it. I I don't know. I'm sure that's it. It's also if Whedon is trying to lighten the tone, you know, to get away from that like hard, dark synthesizer sound that that they had in BVS and and Man of Steel, you know? Mm hmm. Because yeah. definitely Elfman is more triumphant. Yeah. I just hope we get to keep the, the Turkish guitar ensemble that announces Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Elfman yeah. worked Elfman worked with Whedon on uh, Avengers number part two, at least. Yeah, Age so, of Ultron, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably where that connection. I saw an interesting tweet um, from Whedon to Jeff John saying, like, Thanks for hiring me to reshoot the entire Justice League movie. <laughs> that was a prank. You know that? I just saw that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you write that? No, that was a prank. That was No, that was oh, someone was uh, someone impersonating Whedon. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was like Joss Whedon and the O in Whedon uh, was a zero instead of an O. Oh, I saw that today, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, in bad taste. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 
just have people losing their minds. Like, he's going to change the entire movie. Well, it's, it's kind of cracking. The the fickle nature of fandom has kind of cracked me up since Wonder Woman's release. Because, like, now, suddenly a lot of the ill will towards the DC universe is kind of, I don't want to say it's a race, but it's kind of pacified momentarily. Yeah. Well, everybody's just, like, uh, kind of riding the high on the Wonder Woman boat. So, yeah. I've seen a lot of the, the shittiness that was said about things kind of taken back. Not only that, I'm loving watching people eat crow. That all the people who shit on Wonder Woman from January until last or two weeks ago, who are now kind of like, I knew it was going to be awesome. Told you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a little concerned about it at that week in March, but not the week before or the week after. <laughs> that was kind of. Well, I think I saw it just it just passed Logan and Guardians. I think for financial earnings. Really? Okay. I think so, yeah. Definitely, I saw Logan. I think it said Guardians, too, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I wish I hadn't waited so long to see Logan. That was amazing. I loved it. That yeah. was really good. Yeah. It was like Little Miss Sunshine plus the X-Men plus Fury Road. It was really good. <laughs> oh, along those lines, it's uh, Old Man Logan. Uh, Boom announced this week they're doing a uh, Old Man Jack Burton book yeah, for Big that. Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I will be picking that up. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That'll be pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, my son son was Jack Burton for Halloween last year. Awesome. Completely completely on his own. He's like, I want to be Jack Burton for Halloween. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm so proud of you right now. You have no idea. Paul, refresh my memory. where, Where are you living at? I live in Texas currently. Or Texas. Because every Halloween at Golden Apple Comics, John Carpenter has been our guest for like the last five years. What? Yeah. He's a friend of the stores and he's he knows us. He's awesome. And every year we dress up as one of his characters. So I've been I've been uh, Snake Plissken. I've been the president. Uh, I think next year, I think I'm going to be um, uh the actual Duke Duke of New York, Isaac Hayes. I think I'm going to put that outfit together. I've been threatening that for a couple of years. Nice. Yeah, but it's but it's every Halloween because they they put out some Halloween comics. He, he and his wife Sandy, who she's a delight. Um, so if you're if you're in the LA area, you know, Paul, I see make a road a, trip. This, uh, this yeah, yeah, yeah Jeremy, you too. Obviously, time. Jeremy, you too, and you know, like I'll get obviously I'll get you guys in early and all that. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke, Lucas could ride down with me, and we could meet you somewhere near an airport, and then right, head down from there. Yeah. That would work. I'd be down. My brother lives in Culver City, so. Oh, awesome! There you go. Yeah, and then you can well, so, well, at least at least send your at least send your brother over to get some autographs. Yeah, yeah and then Paul, you can find out why Jeremy Renner won't do our damn show. Dude, I haven't talked to him forever. Well, see, you know, we wait, you know, you know Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Oh, how, how do you do? My, how do you know him? We're all my from brother. Modesto. My brother was 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 married to his sister, and they're from Modesto hometown. Yeah, or, oh, wow. Jeremy, yeah, super nice guy. Cool. Super cool. Well, I'm, I'm holding out that until he does the show. <laughs> as far as I know, he threw his mom out of her house. That's what I know about Jeremy Renner right now. No, she moved down to L.A. and the house is just. Well, yeah, you would. You'd have to do the same thing if your kid threw you out of your house. <laughs> no, 
no, no. She's well taken care of. Well, listen, if he did throw his mom, we know that he hit the target with her. That's what we do know. <laughs> that's, that's everything we know because yeah. he cannot miss. Yeah. yeah, cannot miss. So wherever he threw his mom, she landed where he wanted her to land. Exactly. He treats his mother very well. I want to make that very clear. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got he's got a, he's got an easy way to prove it. Just come on the show, Jeremy. I'm another Jeremy. It's <laughs> yeah. really easy for us to get along. <laughs> oh, oh. So, uh, Paul, you should be stoked about this uh, trailer, Black Panther. Do you want to talk about that? Oh my God, it was so good. I'm, I'm actually wearing a Black Panther t-shirt today, just completely unrelated. But Well, most times um, you are. That's why I figured it would be a good time to bring it up. Yeah, Black Panther is um, Lucas's favorite superhero. So we're big Black Panther fans in this family. God, I have a hiccup. Um, it, was, it looks like it's going to be freaking amazing. And, yeah. And so there was lots of Easter eggs in there, and um, it, yeah, I'm super excited about this movie. No, it looks it looks pretty awesome to me, Joe. You got anything to say about Black Panther? Uh, I second all of that. I cannot wait. Uh, I'm a massive fan of the the Christopher Priest stuff, and oh, yeah. uh, and I loved I loved what Reggie Hudlin did. Um, I I. The, the only my only issue with that is I feel like they didn't need Marvel didn't need to kind of soft reboot him at the time, but Reggie's work on it I thought was great. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm I love it. I think the movie looks amazing, just great. Yeah, it looks really good. And the only thing I want to comment on real quick is the cast. It has literally got a holy shit list of actors in it. Oh my mm-hmm. God, B, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Forrest Whitaker, Martin Freeman, Angela Bassett. Andy Circus. I mean, it has. There is more talent in in about ten letters there than most movies have spread out about amongst the whole thing. Yeah, this may be the best cast Marvel film that they've ever had. Yeah, and, and that's saying something too. Yes, yes, yeah. They did not. They did not just like phone this one in. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. Well, it's you know, I mean, it's pretty solid. With the insane importance that we talked about Wonder Woman, you know, this is as as important to the, you know, to the African-American community or the black community. You don't have to be American, like just to people of color. This is an important, important movie. Absolutely. So I'm glad that they're um, that they're treating it that way. <laughs> you could yeah. say Spawn was, but Spawn was terrible. Let's forget that happened. I, I don't think I ever That's saw that awesome. or what the animated about? series on HBO. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw either one or that. Or that severely overrated uh, soundtrack they did for Spawn. I don't think I ever heard about that either. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I can't. I can't wait for the release because as excited as people were for Wonder Woman, it's going to be this, that same level uh, coming out of. It's going to bring a lot of new fans into the, into the into the comics. It already has, really. Yeah, yeah and I'm no, mean, and I, I've. Go ahead, Jer. No, no, you go right ahead, Paul. This is this is your character, so it's your 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 opinion is more important than mine. Yeah, and the thing is, is like I've, you know, we've in the house, you know, me and my mm-hmm. son have loved Black Panther forever, you know, and I and I don't want to be that like I liked Black Panther before the movie came <laughs> out, you know. <laughs> but uh, we it's in, we went to Comic Con like three years ago and. My son was wearing a Black Panther shirt, and uh, every Black Panther cosplayer we saw, 
uh, you know, I was like, hey, can my son take a picture with you? Black Panther's his favorite superhero, like legitimately. And the, they all were like, get the hell out of here. There's no way, you know. <laughs> and one guy's like, I don't believe you, and quizzed my son. Like, literally, <laughs> like quizzed him, like, what's his name? What's his father's name? Where, where is he from, you know? And my son's like, boom, 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 like just shooting all these answers. Like, all right, you're legit. Come here, let's take, let's take a picture. You know, so we're we're very, very excited. Like I got his first appearance, Black Panther, you know, what is Pentax 4, number 54, signed by Stan Lee. It's in his room. And, you know, I got the Black Panther hot toy, put it in his room. Like he really, really loves Black Panther. So we are so stoked to watch this movie. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> And he is a white boy, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> from, from Santa Cruz, little beach boy. Like, and, But he, he just loves Black Panther. And that's why we don't say, like, Black Panther's my favorite minority or African-American superhero. It's like his favorite superhero, period. Yeah. yeah. That's legit. Well, hey, Paul, it's, so it's, when, it's, when we... Oh, when we lived in Santa Cruz, Micah started waking up at 4 in the morning to go surfing every morning before school. Has Lucas started doing that yet? Uh, he, he has many, many times. Yeah, that always blew me he away. I was like, because when, when I was in high school, there was no way I was getting up at 4 in the morning. But surfer kids yeah, are a whole different breed. Yeah. That's when the best time to do it. So. Yeah, Absolutely. Sorry there, Joe. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to. Ask no, you. it's okay. I was just going to point out that what's funny is as we ramp up, ramp up to the release of it, um, ourselves and, and any any journalistic people, we you cannot call him an African American superhero. Thank you. No, he's not American. <laughs> he's not American, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but that's what they I prefer to just call him an awesome superhero. Yeah, I agree. Have you read the priest stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, we have good. the collected editions. Oh, it's great. All right, uh, let's see here. So, what do we got next? Oh, Shadow Man. Speaking let's of African American superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So they're doing a movie now. Is that what they're doing? Or are they doing a TV series again? Uh, so a movie. Gonna, they're trying. They're trying to do a movie. Okay. So, and I'm super down with that because um, Shadow Man was probably one of, yeah, I would say he's my favorite Valiant um, hero. I mean, Valiant's doing some great stuff now. If you aren't reading it, you should check it out. But, um, yeah, they got a director, so it looks like it's going to be happening. I, I really hope they do. Uh, Shadow Man's dope. And it's just, it would be nice to see movies that are not just the big two, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it would be good to start seeing some more, I'm going to say diverse, but meaning diverse from publishers, uh, comic yeah. uh, properties brought up. Um, well, you know, Everett Hart says Razor is being made into a movie now. Um, oh, cool. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And that's being done by the guy, I think, that did the original Crow movie, I think, is who's producing that. Um, oh, cool. And then... Yeah, my old buddy Ryan Wynn, who did our uh, our drawing of Captain Marvel for that article or for the uh, episode we did last year, is actually one of the uh, artists working for Valiant these days. So, really try to get him on. Uh, as far as I go with Valiant, though, I was always a Harbinger guy. Oh, Harbinger's great too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just that the whole premise behind Harbinger, I thought was 
is very interesting. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. So I was a big, I was a big champion of the idea of Valiant coming back, but you know what? I have not picked up one book since they relaunched. I'm I'm honestly surprised that like that face isn't the first one that they're trying to make into a. That's too new. That's too new. She's too new of a. Yeah, she's too new of a property for them to to rush in development like that. They need to build up a, a bigger fan base for that. Yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying, but I feel like it it was definitely one of the more popular titles. And and, and oh, let's agree. Be honest, like when we go when we go see uh, Shadow Man, there's going to be like five of us that knew like no right. Shadow Man, and right. everyone else is but, like, oh, there's a superhero movie. But look at the story. But look at the story that you, look at the story. It's being uh, this yeah. Adam Simon is rewriting a screenplay that was done by Straczynski. That means Straczynski worked on this for you know, a year ago, two years ago, you know what I mean? Like it's been in development for a long time. Uh, I, I don't drop it. I'm actually friends with Reggie and, uh, yeah, he's a regular, he's a longtime uh, friend of the store. So I'll, I can't wait to talk to him because it's just broke this week. So I'll, I'll, I'm definitely going to be, I'll bug him for some information if I can get any, but something like, like, like shadow man, it's been in development for a while, whereas faith is such a brand new title. Give it, you got to yeah, give it a year or two before it gets to the level of yeah, movie, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Start start grabbing traction somewhere. Yeah. But I'm excited. Uh, Reggie's, Reggie's a super talented dude and he is, he's a nice, just a nice, nice guy. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. He's got a Thurgood Marshall movie. That's, that's coming out soon or coming out in the next year. Yeah. Marshall, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think he's going to kill it with this, uh, with shadow man. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, this movie would be dope. All right, you guys. I'm going to step us up a little bit because we got 15 minutes left. We got to hit Paul's picks and still talk about Adam West. But I do want to crack one thing before we do it. Paul, from your notes, you say Darth Vader number one reveals why Sith lightsabers are red. I thought we already knew why that was. Oh yeah, so that's what I was going to talk to you about. So uh, this actually came out last week, but we have a chance to talk about it. Um, Joe, did you read Darth Vader number one? Uh, I have it. have not read it. I'm a couple weeks behind. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. I was too busy reading uh, issues of Battlestar Galactica from 1979 Marvel Comics. Well, I will allow it. Uh, <laughs> so I won't spot, spoil the book, but basically in uh, there's been some kind of controversy online about uh, they, they reveal in Darth Vader number one um, how Sith like get lightsabers and specifically why they are red. So mm-hmm. in the past, Jeremy, why are they red? Well, as I understood it, well, originally it was because they were synthetic, but since the Marvel synthetic. takeover, the idea was that they were a corrupted kyber crystal and they were from a yes. murdered Jedi's lightsaber. So that, that came out in, in Darth Vader number one. So I was oh. always under the impression, and I actually was recently asked this like a couple weeks ago. My buddy's like, well, how come they're red? And I was like, oh, they're synthetic. You know, crystals, that's why they're red. Mm-hmm. They're not actual kyber crystals. So, But then this came out, and basically they basically explained that kyber crystals are kind of like alive. They're like a living thing, you know, like alive in the force. that owns them. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not like Sith don't make their lightsabers. They take them yep. from a Jedi and then corrupt, corrupt that, that crystal and make it bleed. And it turns red. Like basically like 
put all their hate and and pain into it and it turns red. So I was just wondering, like, you know, some of us are all EU guys or whatever, and I just thought what you guys thought about them kind of – I guess they're changing it, but now this is canon, so the synthetic thing is gone. Yes. So this, this is, is something they actually – they actually had this in the um, – uh, the Force Awakens uh, visual dictionary. This was in there about it co- being our corrupted uh, crystal. Um, Corrupt. I'm okay with it because I think I see what Star Wars is doing. They're going to expand the Force into larger than just Jedi and Sith. Yeah. And kind of have to expand things out and make it more almost. Arthurian, like a larger mythology. There has to be a thing there that is bigger than everything, and you have to mystify things that would have normally seem just like normal within that context. I'm okay with it. Some people are not. I'm I'm okay with it too. Yeah. I think it's you know it's an interesting take on it, and uh, the the you know the book itself I thought was awesome. I mean, Stark Vader is kind of like a year one, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering what you guys thought about because some people are like super upset about it. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with the change to the canon. I mean, the, the, it developed over years because wasn't it? Um, I mean, like the Kyber crystals. They people, didn't Jedi's used to mine them. Like they would go on like a soul soul you know soul yeah, seeking go, journey and then come away with yeah. the right crystal. Yeah, the yes. crystal would choose them. You know, right. According to Clone Wars, which is canon, like all the Padawans go and they find the crystal, and the crystal will kind of show them. So yeah, it kind of like the crystals are kind of alive in the Force. Yeah. Well, they just told a really cool story um, with Yoda in the Star Wars comic, where there was like an yeah. entire mountain or like basically a planet that was alive with the Force. Yeah. That was really yeah. great. Yeah. Um, the Kyber yeah, crystals actually it. come from the Alan Dean Foster novel Splinter in the Mind's Eye, right. which was George Lucas's low-budget sequel idea for uh, Star Wars if uh, it didn't make any money. They were going to do a TV movie based on that novel, and it was going to cost like you know $18 and a ball of string. That's, right. that's where Kyber crystals came from originally. And in that, they were a force-enhancing crystal that you could get to make yourself stronger with the force. Yeah, and there's a lot of Luke Leia passion in that novel, too. Yes, there is. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Luke beats Darth Vader in a, a lightsaber duel in there. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, guys, we got 10 minutes here, Paul, so I'm going to rush you on your pick of the week. So let's go ahead and get that one real quick. Yep, uh pick this week is uh, Dark Days Before it's number one by DC Comics. It's basically a prelude, I guess, to their uh, summer event that they're about to have. Um, if you haven't read it yet, there's lots of you know characters that haven't been, in, been reintroduced into the, the whole Rebirth universe, I guess you could say, uh, since, they, since the New 52 ended. Um, I, I've never been so confused or happy at the same time. <laughs> It's a really good. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is going on?" I really want to read more. Uh, I think DC does events significantly better than Marvel does. Uh, they've proved it with a couple of the small events. Their events have been like four issues, which is smaller, more contained. This one's probably is going to be a little bit bigger than that, I think. Uh, but it was really good. The art was great. There's a bunch of artists. Jim Lee's art was fantastic. That's for you, Jeremy. And, uh, <laughs> 
looking forward to the rest of it. And what are you looking forward to next week? Uh, I'm looking forward to next week is Shirtless Bear Fighter by Image Comics. <laughs> number one. Uh, really don't know what it's about, but it's called Shirtless Bear Fighter, so it's that's really all I need to know. Hard to go wrong <laughs> no, with that. It's sold yeah. immediately. It's a guy who literally just fights bears. <laughs> so, that sounds kind of shirt, awesome. Shirtless. Yeah. Shirtless. Well, I'm pretty sure even if you started off fighting a bear in a shirt, you will be shirtless soon while fighting the bear. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but not because of the savagery of the battle, just because the the sexual chemistry between the two that's of you. What I, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was headed with it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's getting yeah. warm in here. Let me take this right. off. Like, yeah. I know, you know, is it just me, or is it just too sweaty for this shirt? <laughs> take a wow, wow. That's good stuff right there. Oh, all right, guys. We got eight minutes left. And I wanted to wrap up with this topic this week. Um, last Saturday is when I got the news, so it was the tenth when I had heard it. But uh, last week, we and the world lost Adam West, and for many of us, especially guys my age, that was the only Batman there was till you were just about old enough to leave high school. Yep. Um, there were things about that show that were goofy, yet I will never get over its out and out awesomeness. Uh, the women were hot, the colors popped, the whole thing was awesome and cool and mod and slick in a James Bond kind of way. And for a guy who likes to talk a lot and record it, I wish I had the warm, even smooth voice that Adam West had. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and just kind of everybody, you know, shoot off the top of your head. Tell, tell us what you th- remember about Batman and what your feelings were about Adam West playing Batman or not playing Batman. Let's start with you, Joe, because you're close to my age. Batman was everything to me growing up. I had, uh, I've been told that when I was uh, given the choice to which kindergarten class to go to, the morning or the afternoon, my decision was entirely predicated on which one would have me home to watch both Batman and the monkeys. They were, they were back to back. Yes. And I cannot tell you how many of my earliest childhood memories are immediately coming home, running into my mom's bedroom, turning on channel 32 in Chicago and watching. And I can't remember which came first, the monkeys or Batman. I think it might've been Batman first, but watching those two shows back to back. And if I got home early enough, I could enjoy some monsters, but, uh, Batman and the monkeys were everything to me as a child. Like I loved, I didn't realize it was a rerun. You know, this is, this would have been like 1980, 1979, things like that. I, I didn't know I was watching reruns. He was, it was awesome. I, I, I've always, I've never not loved that show. And I was, I was very sad last week. We did a marathon at golden apple of uh, all day long. We brought it, we brought a TV and just, just showed episodes all day. It's great. That, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and actually, Daniel Dockery, who writes for GeekishCast.com as well as Crack.com and some other websites, he did a piece about the four best episodes of the Batman TV series. It's really good. So if great. you're listening to this, you get a chance, go check it out, GeekishCast.com. It's a, it's a great little read. Um, Paul, what I, were I, your I, memories? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, just a real quick addendum. I, I came up with a theory a couple of years ago of why his Batman is actually so important, even if you don't like the camp of it. It's mm. because oh, he was the first one to show the world that Batman cannot break, that that character can be, you know, you can do what they did with it. And as long as you kept the, the basic elements of it and his rogues gallery and all that stuff, 
you still have an enjoyable character. And that's, I think that is such an important part of the longevity of that character, not just because it kept it popular, but because subconsciously it showed people creatively, they could do anything they want with Batman and he's still going to, he's still going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. And Batman was more like that Batman in the comics at the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in 1966, yep. when that was created, that's what Batman was kind of like in the comic books. Right. Um, Paul, Paul, go ahead. What were your uh, What were your thoughts and feelings and memories about that show? I mean, just I mean, I'm not as old. I was born in '79, so I mean, obviously wasn't around when it first came out. But I was mm-hmm. very much aware watching the reruns. <clears throat> I probably watched the show before I ever read you know, a Batman comic book. So, I mean, Adam West has always been like, you know, just, he's just the first Batman. He, it's a game that, that, that move, that show was a complete game changer. Like as far as bringing comics into the pop culture and to, you know, oh, yeah. outside of just, you know, kids, you know, cause I think a lot of people that weren't six years, seven years old were watching that show too. Yeah. Um, um, it's just he, he's definitely going to be missed, and it's just like super sad that um, he passed away. Um, it's just it's just a part of your childhood, you know. Just you know, I remember yeah. watching the monsters and in in the monkeys, and it was all reruns, but it was it was always there, you know, it's part yep. of your childhood. Yep. And and he did so much stuff. His voice his voice work is great, and um, you know, and it's kind of like when Carrie Fisher she passed away, but we're still going to get something after the fact because the next um, Cape Crusader animated film, he, he, I guess he's finished that. It's going to come out. So we do have some last thing of his that we're going to yeah, see. Batman, Batman, versus, Batman versus Two-Face. Yep. Yes, which it's going to come out. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to mean a lot more. You know, it's going to hit a little bit harder when I watch it now. But also, exactly. also, live action, he was on the final episode of Powerless, which NBC never aired. So they're, people they're start petitioning. Pe- yeah, yeah right. yep. They started a petition. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So real quick, because because we brought up Batman versus uh, Two Face, that is going to be Adam West versus William Shatner. Did you guys know they did a movie, a TV movie together called uh, Alexander the Great, where William Shatner played Alexander and Adam West played one of his generals? Yep. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yep. Yep, 1961 or something. Um, well, you know, also, no, no, go for it. I was going to say, also, Joe, for guys like us, you know, close to our age, Adam West was Batman for longer than just that TV series because he was Batman all the way through the Hanna Barbera years as well. Yep, yep, he did all. Yeah, he did yeah. the cartoons. He did those uh, mm-hmm. those Legends of the Superhero specials, yep. <laughs> which yep. were awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then for the longest time, the Batman movie was the only Batman movie we had to watch, you know? Like, so yeah. that would air. Yeah. Even if you weren't watching the show, that would just show up on cable all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, get rid of a bomb. Get rid of a bomb. He also was in, in a, in a more comical light, he was in Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood. Oh, shit. I don't think yeah. I knew that. Well, I knew that because as a child, that's a movie that would show on like Skinamax, right? Right. So right. you would you would you would sneak a peek and whatever. And so one day, as a young kid, I flip it on. I'm like, "Hey, what's this? Oh my God, that's Batman in a movie with the name Hooker in it." <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. 
Um, I need to watch that immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, so the one thing I wanted to close on real quick uh, before we have to say goodbye is that because of Batman, the monkeys and Star Trek, I always hold that 1966 was the best year in nerd television period. Those three shows in the same year being released just make television the greatest thing at that time. We got the advantage of it because when we were kids, it was in constant rotation because of uh, syndication. And we really got to see some awesome things. I, for one, am thankful to Adam West and other people who were around during that time period. And I am sad to see him go. But he was 88, so we have to keep that in mind and not get too modeling about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we got about 30 seconds here. So, Joe, give us a real quick rundown on your show, Joe on Joe. Oh, check us out, Joe on Joe. We drop every Wednesday. We're running a contest this month. If you help me grow the show, we're going to give away more and more comic books. This week's guest is my beautiful wife, Rebecca Wallenzak, because it's a romantic episode. Yay. So, give, yeah. So, check it out, Joe on Joe. It's on iTunes and whatnot. Awesome. Well, then, this is Jeremy saying goodbye for Paul and Joe. We'll see you next time on Geekish Cast Live. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, we did it. Hey, all right, on time. That I didn't know. That's the first time ever. That is the first time that has <laughs> ever happened. That's awesome. All right, guys. Uh, hey, that um, I think that worked out pretty well. Yeah, it was great. Hey, and a quick addendum to the Happy Hooker story. Yes. So the scene that I remembered from that movie, do you guys remember uh, pretty well? Do you guys remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure pretty well? Pretty well. Oh, yeah. Do you know the scene? At the, so when Pee-wee's in the, at the very end of the movie, he's at the drive-in watching him, watching the movie of his life, and he plays, yeah. the, be- and he plays the bellhop that says, Mr. Herman, there's a telephone call, right? Yes. That entire scene is lifted from Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood starring Adam West. Adam yeah. West what? Adam West is the, the guy who's the, tele, the telephone call is for Adam West's character. Yes, I guarantee you that. It's great. It's very not, oh I've not God. seen a lot of people make this connection, but it's the same scene because when I saw Pee Wee, I was like, now I'm really blown away. What is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely really remember. <laughs> I definitely remember the Happy Hooker and all that because it was on like at the same time of day you would find Emmanuel goes to space. Yeah, like yeah, that. it was yeah. always yeah, it was that Skinamax stuff, sure. But that yeah. scene from Pee Wee is borrowed from the Adam West one of the Adam West scenes in Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood. Wait, are you sure it's Adam West in that movie? I'm I'm almost positive. Yeah, I, I am beat it. Okay. Let me, Why? Let me see here it is. Well, because when I first Googled it, the first name I saw was George Hamilton. Well, let's see here. Yep. So. Oh, happy oh. Hooker goes to Hollywood, starring Adam West. Oh, did you did you do Washington? I'm on Washington. That's why. That's yep. why. No, Adam West, Hollywood. Yeah. There we go. Okay, that's why. Because I because I jumped on the first I jumped on the first link that popped up and not the you jumped on the first path. hooker that cro- first hooker that crossed yeah. your path. Well, you know that is Washington. Same old Jeremy. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I also highly recommend if you can get a copy of the original Batman the movie DVD from like the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commentary track on that I don't know if that commentary track was used in any of the later printings. 
But the commentary track from that with, with Adam and Burt Ward is just dynamite. Like it's they're hilarious. They're probably wasted. Yeah, and it was like it was just it was like in the early days of doing commentary tracks. So I don't think anyone at the studios were paying attention to it. It's really funny. That'd be amazing. Never did I tell you guys my my Burt Ward Adam West story? No. Okay. So it was a Reno Reno Comic Con two years ago, and we had started going to Reno Comic Con or Wizard World Reno. That's what it was. We started going as a fluke because like one year we showed up and it happened to be there. And we met, like, the entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy just out on the casino floor. And they're, like, half the Walking Dead guys. Awesome. So the, sec- so the second year rolls around, and um, uh, a whole bunch of the Star Trek Next Gen guys and a bunch of other people are supposed to be there. So we made plans to go and meet our friends there again. Well, then the day we leave to go there, every almost all the big-name stars we really wanted to see backed out at the last minute. Couldn't go. But... Kevin Smith, uh, Jason Mewes, and Burt Ward and Adam West were still there, and I bought my, <laughs> my tickets for those those pictures early, right? So, me and Jules, we get in line, we go through, we do the uh, the Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and then I have to immediately get back in line for Adam West and Burt Ward. Well, so, <laughs> she looks at me and goes, okay, I'll see you back here in two hours then. I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, she goes, I didn't watch Batman as a kid. I'm like, no, you fucking get back over here. Where are you going? <laughs> so she takes off, and I'm stuck in line. And look, here's the thing. I'm a giant fucking nerd. I'm, I'm as geeky as the day is long, right? Until you leave me in line with a whole bunch of guys that are in makeup and shit. And I'm like, oh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> is, this, is this what I look like to other people? And then I'm in line with them for an hour, right? So... I'm already getting a little weirded out, and I got this one guy who's made, like, three old guy jokes at me, and I want to fucking knock him right in the back of his head, and other guys are wearing, like, finger-mounted cameras to their wrist-mounted nine-inch telephones, and I'm, I'm just getting a little weirded out, and I'm a little claustrophobic and a little, you know, just, like, not cool, right? Well, they open up the door, you know, to start letting people into the pavilion to get their pictures taken, and somebody comes out and goes, um, we're going to start letting you guys in, but it's very important that you, you need to understand, Mr. Burt Ward says you can stand between them or behind them, but do not touch him. Mr. Ward does not want to be touched. <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I'm like, who the fuck wants to touch a Burt Ward? Fuck that guy. You know? <laughs> Nobody's there for you. <laughs> yeah. So I go in. I fucking give him, like, the sick eyes. I walk between them, and I stand there. I get a picture taken. I don't look fucking happy at all. I, I love the picture. <laughs> I look like I'm irritated to even be there, right? So we get done. We go out. We start drinking and gambling. We go to dinner. Well, at the table next to us that night is Burt Ward and his entourage. And I mean some guys with, like, their shirts open and medallions hanging. And I'm talking, like, 1982's fucking top peak, right? Well, I'm getting kind of drunk, and I'm, I'm getting a little... And fuck Burt Ward. Everybody, everybody back out this weekend, because nobody wanted to be at a show with Burt fucking Ward. And I got people looking at me like, dude, he's right behind you. I'm, fuck Burt Ward. So I get up, I go to get dessert, and uh, the Green Power Rangers standing in line at the, dessert, at the dessert buffet table that I'm at, right? And a guy walks up to him and goes, anybody ever tell you you look like Tommy from the Power Rangers? And the guy looks at me and goes, no, and if you would have stood where the kid who said that to him was standing, right behind the guy, 
is a banner with him on it saying Green Power Rangers so and so so and so. And I was just like, yeah, I can. The fucking fans are sick of being here, and the fucking talent's sick of being here. I think it's time just to drink heavily and go home. Yep. And that is my Batman story. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I would have uh, met. I've never met Adam West, man. Amongst me else. You know, I wish I had got to interact with him, but you know, he was he was an older guy. I mean, he would have been eighty five, eighty six at that time. Um, and I'm sure at that point, you go to conventions to pay your bills, and it's probably a giant hindrance to have to travel to do it. I wish I'd gotten a chance to talk to him. Um, but just having stood next to him, I'm kind of cool with that too. Oh yeah. I mean, he was on the list, like, you know, Stanley, yeah. George Lucas, Adam West, met Stan. And, uh, the first time we met Stan was with Lucas and we were getting, the uh, first appearance of Fantastic or Black Panther signed. Yeah. And he's like, can I give him the comic, you know, and he, he looks at it and he's like, Oh, you know, Black Panther. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Mr. Lee, you know, this is my son. This is my son. Lucas is his favorite character. He looks at him and says, really? He's like, that's fantastic. And he signed it. And he was really nice. And we got a picture with him later. That's that funny. Fantastic. So, yeah. But now, now I'm wiped off the table. It's a shame. That's awesome. All right, guys. So um, we we actually uh, we actually managed to basically get down on time, and it seemed like everything went pretty well. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, what? I did want to talk to you guys real quick. In August, I'm going to have to take some time off because we're going to Vancouver and doing some other stuff. So Paul and Joe, kick around if you guys want to do it without me, or if we just want to wait and let me know what you think. Okay. Um, I'll in, give you guys all the dates. Yeah, it'll be in August. It'll probably be a, a two or three week span. I just have to look at everything that we're getting done during that period. So, um, but I'll let you guys know, you know, specifically when. But kick it around. Let me, you know, start thinking about, you know, if you want to do it on your own or whatever. Um, and otherwise, I think we're on for next week, but not the week after. Not when? What? Okay. Yep. So twenty second, but not the twenty second. San Diego. I'm sorry. Who? What? Are you going to San Diego? Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe so. I, Golden Apple is, but right now I don't have any plans to go with. Oh, okay. Because I'm gonna say you're gonna. I'm gonna be there this year, so. Oh, okay. Well, if I well, if that if that changes, then we'll definitely we'll definitely absolutely meet up. Wow. Cool. Okay. All right. Cool. All, All right, right, guys. All right, guys. Good show. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Everybody have a good weekend, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Absolutely. Bye bye. Cool. Bye.